0: You've talked about working uh, from Shakespeare to Rebecca Gilman and Eugene O'Neill. Can I ask, what was it like to work with the master dramatist Elton John?
1: Well, I would say he's the singular most famous human being I have ever worked with, Mm -hmm. let alone be in a room with Good morning, good afternoon,
0: good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 679, Director Robert Falls, part two. This week, we continue our conversation with Robert Falls, the Tony-winning artistic director of the Goodman Theater in Chicago. In addition to being well-known for directing classics like Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman and Eugene O'Neill's The Iceman Cometh and Long Day's Journey into Night, Bob has worked on such possibly surprising material as the Elton John and Tim Rice musical, Aida, and that's where we pick up our conversation about Elton musicals, classics, and what draws us to certain material.
1: Well, he is a master. Uh, he may not be a dramatist, but certainly he is, well, I would say he's the singular most famous human being I have ever worked with, mm-hmm. let alone be in a room with. Right. Um, and and uh, it was extraordinary. It, it was an extraordinary experience. And and of course, I grew up like so many of us with Elton John and had been a legitimate fan of, El- of Elton John and yeah. still am. Yeah. And uh, you know, that was an amazing experience to be asked by the Disney company to come in and work on this production of, uh, it's actually called Elton John and Tim Rice's Aida. That's the full official title, I suppose, to separate it from that other little opera, Aida. <laughs> and, you know, he was, he was just wonderful. I, he, he admitted very early on. The show had been, it, I came in and took the production over. It had had a fairly disastrous production in, in uh, Atlanta. So they wanted to revamp it very quickly for a trial run in Chicago before it went to Broadway, so Elton had done ninety percent of the work by the time I came on it. the Lion King's share of the work yeah. <laughs> indeed indeed uh, so he wasn't around a lot, which I thought was a good thing yeah. and and when he was he 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 readily said, "You know, I trust all of you to do what it is you do uh." you you you're experts in the field that you're doing. He said, "I'm a musician, and I'm here to protect the music. Yeah. and And that was what he he really was concerned with. he He really was concerned with the band putting the band together, uh, the instrumentation, the orchestrations, all of that. Mm-hmm. But he was extremely. I mean, contrary to popular opinion, there was a moment or two of diva-like behavior. But, but what I loved about him was he really was roll up your sleeves, get to work. Uh, there were a couple of songs that needed to be thrown out or, or revised. And you just could talk to him about it. And he'd go, right, right, let me, and, and literally roll up the sleeves and go to the piano and start working on a song and then bring it in. And wow. he, was, he was just very kind and very, very generous, very hardworking. working. Mm. Well, and uh, I saw the tour in, when
0: it played in L.A., because I was living out there at the time, and um, loved the soundtrack, the CD yeah. of it. Um, but the thing I loved about it, which is the thing I love about most musicals when it's done this way, is that these were actors who could really sing, yeah. as opposed to singers
1: saying lines. Do you know what I mean? Was that conscious on your guys' part, or was even something that you thought about? I think we were lucky. I think I was lucky. I mean, I, I did inherit the two leading roles. Okay. Uh, you know, the two 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 really remarkable artists. They they were then, and they continue. Sherry Renee Scott and Heather Headley, yes. who were are remarkable. They're they're singing actors or acting yeah. singers, uh, of great great gifts, and. Um, I was able to bring in Adam Pascal, who was sort of hot off of rent right. who who is also great. and And you know, there were a number of actors in in that who who could sing, not not as well as the three leads. But I, I think because I come from, well, I won't say I come from the theater, I obviously come from the theater, <laughs> but because I give such attention to working with actors, that's what I love maybe yeah. first and foremost. We really, it's a musical, but we really did approach it every day as scene work, yeah. as what's going, the same work you and I would do or any wonderful actor would do. We really worked on that as scenes. Yeah. And Tim Rice's lyrics... Um, I also had the great chance to collaborate on the book with David Henry Huang. Right, that's right. So that's right. we knew what we wanted to do, and we able to really work with everybody as actors and look at it as a as a play as much as a musical.
0: Is there a kind of play that you that you think that you you find your way into more easily? Say it's a classic. Say it's a knockabout farce. Say it's an intimate two hander, or or, or 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 do you love the buffet of it? I'm picking one from and one from column B. I,
1: I find, and this surprises me, that, that two things happen to me, uh, and, and, I, and I'm, I, I've been very fortunate for my entire career that this has happened, is either I'm doing a play that is brought to me by a playwright mm. or an agent has sent me a play or a theater company has sent me a play, and they're like, why don't we get this play on in the next six months or can we start rehearsals on this play in four weeks, which has happened. Uh, and that's a really thrilling challenge to be able to jump into that. And again, it's all about serving the writer in that case. And the classics that I've done are probably things I read before I was 21 years old and have been living with for, for yeah. a long, long time. Um, the Winter's Tale is an interesting example because I, I read it a long time ago and I have all these notes on it and I've continued to look at it. I've never, I never really fully understood it, how it worked, I never really fully liked it. I mean, I, I felt this way about Measure for Measure as well. These are more problem. They're cons- both of them are considered yeah. odder plays, yeah. Uh, yeah. to say the least. But then there's there's something in there that just wants to be explored. And and I I then I, I then am in there and find that oh I see things. I think I I love farce. I love musicals. I love comedies. Um, Let's say they're from column B and I like going to column B, but column A, I, I think I'm more attracted to tragedy and and uh, works by Miller, O'Neill, Williams. The are really hardcore heavyweights. And then when you you know, and then the King Lears and the Hamlets. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just I think I'm more of a tragedian, uh ultimately. And 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 the yeah. work that I end up doing. You know, it has a sort of emotional complexity yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. I also, and this is, there's a, I can't remember the exact line, but, you know, uh, John Logan's play Red um, that, I, that I got a chance to do about uh, Rothko, Mark Rothko and his young assistant. Um, the young assistant starts, you know, Rothko's impossible. He's, he's virtually a monster, and, and he just is this, this incredibly intense artist torturing himself on these canvases, in, in, in these colors. And in the, in the, in the, in the, the young assistant finally bursts and says, why does everything have to tear out your heart? Can't you just look at a still life, a small still life, and appreciate the beauty of that? And, and I, I, when I was working on it, I realized, yes, but ultimately I want to tear people's hearts out when I'm doing a work. Uh, I just, that's what I want when I go to the theater. And it's the feeling you get, and it's the feeling you want to share. You want other people to experience that feeling. I do, and I, yeah. I tend to go for plays that at least have that possibility, yeah. the, the plays that at least have the possibility of ripping your heart out or, 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 or creating devastation or creating transcendence. So, and again, I've been really lucky that I've been able to, most directors don't have that chance to do those plays. You know, you get stuck in the living room a lot, uh, or you get stuck with a play with 37 scenes, and you're just worrying about how to move furniture around. And, and I've, been, I've been lucky, again, to find myself and to have these plays find me, either new work or classical work, that, that has that potential for uh, emotional engagement on a... On a big, big way, in a big way. Well, and I don't know where we fall in the calendar, whether this was
0: this season or last season, but you you accomplished what you set out to do, I thought, both in The Winter's Tale and your production of Enemy of the People. Yeah. We talked with Phil Johnson on the podcast yeah, about yeah. that production. I mean, I thought it was very, and your, these, these t- t- tragedies, and I'm using air quotes as I say that, um, have a very contemporary feel. I guess that's what I'm also drawn to about your work is that The tragedies don't feel musty. Uh, And and as you talk about your original production of Hamlet, they feel very contemporary. Um, There is a way, and I'm more obviously drawn to comedy, um, but I I, I love what you say about tearing your heart out with tragedy, and I wish that the people who direct my scripts when I'm not doing
1: them approach them more as if they were tragedies. I think that's that's true. I think that's a great... Yeah, I think that's... I mean, I think for your work, that's very true. And you've seen it, I'm sure, dozens and do- You can't just jump into the work saying, let's make this funny, funny, funny. Yeah. You, you just have to trust the material and play it sometimes. What's funniest is when the characters, the actors, are trying to be their most serious. serious. I mean, what what's interesting about The Winter's Tale is, yes, I, I think I am more of a tragedian, which is why the first hour of that play <laughs> really appealed to me. And then the next hour... I, you know, it's just the comedy. I mean, I, I was gifted with a brilliant actor like Phil, yeah. who you know, Phil Johnson, who can just do it all. Yeah, uh, And some other brilliant comic actors in, in that piece. But, you know, there's a, there's a certain kind of Shakespearean comedy that I just don't understand at all. I just don't get it. And I don't think other people really get no, it. No, you're, it, not, you're yeah. not alone. I, yeah, It's the bad jokes and the yeah. puns and the language. And, yeah. and, you know, it's like just don't, you know, just just don't do the fist-raised phallus gesture and just, you know, don't do the jerk-off gesture to indicate you have a penis, you know, or or the hip thrusting to indicate yeah. it's a sexual act. It just drives me crazy, a lot of the comic work. Um, so I'm not as comfortable in that area, and, and, and part at all. And that was the thing that, and so as, as you noticed, and I think you commented, I cut about 80% of that. Bless you, sir. Yes, well, if ever there was a play that could be cut. <laughs> or uh, reduced. Or, or reduced, yes. I, I, yes, I am all for the reduction of Shakespeare. I, I have no problems with the reducing of Shakespeare. Uh, but that was a play where it was really like, well, as sh- I think Shakespeare did, and I'm sure you feel the same way, like, just turn it over to the comic actors. Yeah. Let them do their thing. So, like, Phil and I just threw out... Lots of stuff yeah. in those scenes, and, and it was like, you know what? just figure it out. Yeah. you two guys go off and and just figure it out and throw the text out. It's in prose, yeah. so just make it funny yeah. uh, in in the way in the way you want to make it fun do you it, well and, and talking about this and your approach
0: i mean from from the storefront to the Goodman to Broadway, do you in addition to thinking of yourself as a tragedian do you think of yourself at all as a populist? Do you think in these terms those that term
1: Oh I, yeah, all the time. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I, I just am idealistic enough to think that the theater should be populist. It, it, the theater should not be elitist. Yeah. And I and I know enough to look at Shakespeare and 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 even even Broadway in the in the nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties. Certainly, Elton John's musical is these are populist work. I, Absolutely. I, so yeah, I, I I would think that I I try to do work that is is going to be popular. I'm, Big level. By the way, popular on a big level is just a terrible phrase. So I'm going <laughs> to hope you edit out that dramatically. Uh, well, now I have to leave the. Now I have to leave in the correction. <laughs> well, you can leave in the correction. If you're going to if you're going to play the line, leave in the correction.
0: My name is Lauren Gunderson. I'm the playwright for The Book of Will, among other plays, and you are listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Maisels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. We have four more performances in 2019, all of the ultimate Christmas show abridged this weekend from December 20th to the 22nd at the Madison Center for the Arts in Phoenix, Arizona. But in the first half of 2020, we'll be performing all over in Patchogue, New York, Clinton Township, Michigan, Arcata, California, Washington, Pennsylvania, Reston, Virginia, Whitewater, Wisconsin, Batavia, Illinois, Lynchburg, Virginia, and then we'll kick off the summer for two weeks at the Hartford Stage Company in Connecticut with performances of The Complete History of Comedy, Abridged. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office events and ticket information, and now back to my conversation with Robert Falls, the artistic director of the Goodman Theater in Chicago. I, I share the the same feeling that you that you have about uh, the, the the populism of the theater, and really the f- the false distinction that theater uh, is
1: elitist, that it, the, that that it the, or that it should be. Well, I, I you know it doesn't mean work can still be somewhat difficult and and still I think populist. I mean yeah. although I admit it's difficult, you know, like 5 hours of Eugene O'Neill tragedy The Iceman Cometh is not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Right. But certainly when it was originally produced, it had a significant audience. You know, I'm yeah, I mean I I just think there is a that serious work always has its place yeah. and and <laughs> I think that ultimately people yes they go to be entertained they want to hear a song by Elton John they mm-hmm. want to see uh, they want to see a great comedy be it shakespearean or or anything but but i also think people do go to the theater to come back to what i said to have their hearts ripped out yeah. that you're just not going to get that experience you know that, that that the experience of seeing the greeks or the experience of seeing king lear is can only take place in real time in front of actors doing those things and it's right. a it's going to give you a different response than movies or television
0: and do you ever find you talk about going into the reho- into the rehearsal room to explore these plays and tear them apart do you ever find that you've you've torn it apart and you, and oh my god i can't i don't you don't know how to put it back together
1: <laughs> in time for the opening night audience sometimes yeah sometimes you know I mean but it happens anyway you yeah. know you find i mean you know, ultimately, there is a deadline, and everybody knows there's a deadline. But but with Winter's Tale, we were working right up to the last moment on that, mostly in the second half. It's oh, right. The first Maybe. half it was really tight, and we really knew. Although it was really hard, it was very, very diff- It was a very, very difficult experience. And and but the second act. We rearranged some scenes. We threw out a scene. We were still, we cut one musical number. I mean, it's like anything else. It's sure. just, you're, you're just kind of working on it, ultimately for an audience. So it feels like the next project for you needs to be Shakespeare with a score by Elton John. Am I wrong? Well, that wouldn't be bad. I mean, you know, the, 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 the Elton, John, Elton John, well, Elton John's coming and, and uh, with a new, uh, what is it? The uh, Devil Wears Product. What's the name That's of that? You're right. The
0: Devil Wears, devil wears Product.
1: The Devil Wears Product. Uh, is is Elton's next musical and Anna Shapiro's doing it and so I'm just sort of thrilled that another Chicago director is going to have I think a wonderful opportunity working with Elton John that is very cool
0: That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Send us your preferred classic play scored by a rock star via email to feedback at shakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow Bob Falls on Twitter at Robert Falls. Thanks, as always, to Captain Only Slightly Fantastic Matthew Croke, web services by ginger power limited music by john weber and garage band and also this weekend by a talented newcomer named elton john our random fan shout out this week goes to itamar brill no reason it's just random special thanks to a pretty good dramatist in her own right lauren gunderson who for two of the last three years has been the most produced playwright in america not named william shakespeare and last year she was number two And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 679 2035ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Bob, I'll let you go You've given me enough for two podcasts here So I appreciate
1: that You are a giver, sir Well, thank you It was a delight to finally have the chance I've I've enjoyed the podcast So to be on it is is very meaningful to me Thank you
0: This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company Reducing expectations since 1981 Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates Actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less So much less So much less